0: with video games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Platinum Trophy and 1000 Achievement Score of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and so to be part of the Dice Hard Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who always plays his games to completion, Josh, how are you doing this evening?
1: Hey, well, that I don't, I mean, yeah, there's so many games.
0: <laughs> but I don't go to completions
1: I think my percentage of games to completion is incredibly low. Uh yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Uh I'm here, I'm healthy-ish, I'm not sick, so I guess I could be doing worse, right? That's how I should be looking at things.
0: That's true. That's <laughs> true. Um so here's a question. Yeah. Obviously we're I don't want to spend too long talking about this because I know I think most podcasts are talking about, you know, everything going on in COVID and all of that good stuff. And Part of me is like, oh, we should just not talk about it at all. But also, this is like an unprecedented thing, you know? So I feel like not talking about it. And
1: everyone can relate at, to it.
0: Right. And and not that we're definitely going to spend the whole podcast on it. And by any means, we have plenty of other things to talk about tonight. <laughs> but I think just getting a brief check-in as to how things yeah. are going, all of that good stuff is important. Uh, so how are things going? How is, how is COVID in your state and all of those things?
1: Well, today we doubled our cases.
0: Good work. So, Is there an achievement for that or
1: uh yeah, we're working towards that thousand uh, gamer score as you gamer mentioned score earlier. Excellent. <laughs> uh yeah, the state of Massachusetts more than actually more than doubled our cases today. Um we're still not in a stay uh um in order uh, what's what's the thing I want to say? I always forget it. Uh lockdown. Stay in shelter. State we're state still not in stay in shelter. Stay in place. Uh, Shelter in place. Thank you. But people are pushing our governor to do that. They're not. They're not doing that. Um. So yeah, it's interesting going out and having to Mm -hmm. get food, and also noticing that the streets are still full of cars, which is. I get to an extent that people need to be out, but you drive by places that are like have cars that shouldn't even probably be open and it's very discouraging to see
0: uh is one of those places GameStop.
1: well we'll, we'll see. talk, about, yeah, that we'll more talk about that later no like like bargain outlet stores and okay. stuff like that um things that don't necessarily need to be open while i don't want to take jobs away from people right uh you know that is a sensitive subject um for sure. Um yeah, it's it's stressful. People are in my family are getting laid off from their jobs, which means that sucks. A loss of income to a certain extent. Yep. Uh it, you know, it's starting to hit home I think more mm-hmm. for people because uh you know, we're finally being affected um right. in so, in some way or another by it. It's not just a news story. Um you know, even my work situation has changed twice in less than a week uh, to now, like, uh, uncertain. So, like, who knows what's going to happen. And you know what? Right. Uh, Custodians could be next to be unemployed. They might lay off all the custodians because what do you need them for?
0: If students aren't in the building learning.
1: You know, nothing to be cleaned. So why, why pay them? When the state could pay them, apparently, <laughs> why not let them right. line up in an unemployment line and get yeah. the virus? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's frustrating. It's scary. It's it's just it's tough here for me mm-hmm. speaking. I don't, you know, I don't want to speak for other people. How about on your end?
0: You know, I, Erica and I were talking about this. Uh, this we were having a conversation. and She asked, you know, are you worried at all or nervous at all about what's going on? And I said, no. And she was really shocked by that. And that was true until I went grocery shopping this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And in general, still here, at least, there's really no issues getting most things. Most things being like the only thing that's really hard to get right now are like pasta and eggs can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. And rice and like ground beef. But outside of that, most things are still available. Um, I I went. We have in our town. We have like a local grocery store, um, a little bit of a small chain grocery store, and then we have a Walmart. So I kind of been been going between them because in Iowa we're not on lockdown yet. You know, you can still go buy food. All restaurants are still open, but only for carry out and delivery and stuff like that. But when going, you know, like when I went to Walmart today because I had to go pick up a couple of things that the other grocery store didn't have. Um. You know they had like mangoes on sale for twenty five cents, and you could have had a thousand mangoes if you wanted to. You know, so it's really just if you want Doritos, you're totally fine, right? Yeah. It really just depends on what food you want. But I will say when I went in like the soup and pasta aisle, it was a little it it, it kind of got to me. I was like, oh man, there really is like not any food in this aisle. You know, yeah. so that was kind of interesting. The first time it's really happened, but then I went to like my local family. <laughs> It's not really a local family gro— a small chain grocery store that we have in town. I went there this afternoon, uh, and they had like everything. Pretty much. That's good. Other than toilet paper, they don't have toilet paper. But other than that, like the only thing they didn't have was eggs, which Walmart had a gazillion eggs. Um, Yeah. So really, toilet paper is the only thing we can't get right now. Granted, in a week, I have no idea what that will look like. Right. Um, But right now, uh, most people, I think, are just basically doing their typical weekly shopping. And I think as a result of that, we're doing okay still. And I think I live in the right size community that we have enough shopping options and big enough stores that we're still doing okay. I know people who live like in Waterloo and Cedar Falls, who's really close to me. I know their stores are much more picked over than ours are. So I think I just live in the right community size right now. So this really hasn't hit us too much. Working from home is odd. Um, It always has been odd. But yeah, I don't know. I'm really going to struggle getting things done, though. I will say (laughs) I have played Overwatch at lunchtime all week that I was working at home, and that was kind of nice, Nice. you know, silver lining somewhere. So getting some gaming in there. But yeah, I mean, things are going. They're going fine. Uh, We'll see, though. I, I think that the next few weeks will be interesting. My college is doing online instruction through the rest of the semester. So it'll be very interesting as to when we go back to actual working at work versus working remotely and all of that good stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see. But um it definitely is worrisome, though, because kind of like you said, OK, what is this going to do? Like, we can't do recruitment events. We can't do any of these things. What does enrollment look like for fall? Does that mean my job is still necessary, depending on what enrollment looks like and yeah. all those good things? So we'll see. You know, right now I, I have a job and and that's good. But we'll see what happens, you know, in a few months from now. So, um trying also to do my best. And this is what the weird thing about like this whole social distancing thing is is that all of our restaurants in town, like I said, obviously you can't go dining at them, but they are still serving food for, you know, lunch and yeah. dinner if you pick it up or get it delivered or whatever. So I'm tr- we're trying actually to order food when we can. Because like if these restaurants are going to be open, like they have to be able to pay people, right? So Yeah. We're trying <clears throat> to order food, but then also it almost seems like a counter contradicts like the whole social distancing thing because you either gotta go get it
1: yeah <laughs> or have
0: someone bring it to you. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a, it's a it's an odd odd thing, a kind of a conflated thing to have going on. But it
1: is weird. I did I did do food pickup yesterday to support a local restaurant or mm-hmm. small a small restaurant that we go to normally and I, I did leave a large tip because I knew that they weren't making a lot of money. Right. As well. Um and you know they were pretty good at so like we weren't getting close enough to where, like, they put the food on the counter, I pick the food up, you still have to do the transaction with the debit card and, the, you know, right. in, the, in the in the pin. But I've been pretty good with, like, not touching my face until I get home washing my hands. Um yeah. But even then, I was like, I'll try to come back next week and um, get more food from you guys on Saturday. And he's like, I don't think, I don't know that we'll still be open then. And I was like, oh, oh. you know, they're taking a hit yeah. and, he's, and it's, it's more it makes more sense for him to close. So... Right, uh, you know, it it is tough to see. It's scary and so you know, frustrating.
0: All right, well, it, the world <laughs> is odd, but one of the things that is nice is to have an escape. And one of those big escapes for many of us is games. So we are gonna kind of soldier on with the show, talk about games like we always do. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff also posted on the Instagram. Also, Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, but the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share what we do with someone else who you think would enjoy the show. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So with all the housekeeping stuff, Josh, we're going to talk a little bit about news and what we've been playing this week. So, starting with news, what has been going on in the tabletop world?
1: Well, pardon my yawn. Uh, We are, well, we're looking at the 2020 Origins Award nominees. So we're we're back in award season, kind of, sort of. Yep. <clears throat> and we don't, you know, once again, we don't know how everything is going to be uh, handled, but
0: origins, and origins, yeah, gosh. still going on. Yes, right? still as, of,
1: well, as of right now. Yep. Um, so origins, um, the, the titles that are available for nomination uh, are are games or board game-related games, or game-related games, or whatever, uh, that came out between November 15th, 2018, and November 14th, 2019. Um, And all the titles were selected by a jury of 40 hobby games industry professionals. Uh, We have the Origins Game Fair is June 17th to 21st. And they have three types of awards that are presented uh, during the ceremony. So, Let's start with the board game category. Our nominees in the board game category are Cloudspire by Chip Theory Games, Colors of Paris by Super Meeple and Loom Imports, Guardians Call, which is a Druid City Games and Skybound Games game, Parks by Keymaster Games, Pret A Porter Portal Games, Red Alert Space Fleet Warfare by PSC Games, Tornari by IDW Games. And Tricky Tides by Gold CL Games slash Zafty Games. I should mention uh, CloudSpire's Adam Carlson, Josh Carlson, and Josh Wilgis. Colors of Paris is Nicholas D. Oliveira. Guardian's call is James Hudson. Parks is Henry Audubon. Uh that seems like a perfect fit. Audubon. It does,
0: yeah.
1: Uh pre uh, reporter porter is uh Ignacy. Uh trust oh man, why did I do this? I didn't have to say their names, Kyle. <laughs>
0: you did have to, but you went for it.
1: Uh, Peter and Ignacy, uh Red Alert <laughs> is Richard Borg, uh Tenari is Bruno Faduti and Alex Randolph. In Tricky Tides is Stephen Aramini. So Kyle, I own one of these games, CloudSpire. Yep. I have not played yes, any of these games. <laughs> How about I you? I
0: have not played I've not played any of them and own none of them. And this is always the part about board games that we talk about that we're always like a year behind, I feel like, that in order to get these games, you typically either have to back Kickstarters or go to cons. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you get a lot of these games. Yep. And, you know, granted, you can buy Cloudspire, You can buy all of these from online retailers at this point, but... That's always the thing I feel bad about is I literally am always a year behind with board games because everything I'm playing right now basically uh, is a 2018 game, some 2019 games. Yeah. But the interesting thing about this too, this is a a unique list to me. Like when I think of the games that came out in this time span, you know, Cloud Spider, Prediporter, Parks, all of those make perfect sense to me. Games that had a lot of hype behind them, people talking about them a lot. But a lot of these other games I don't feel like had as much attention Um, As some other things that came out, but maybe that's just because they're really good games and that doesn't mean they got, you know, the hype that others did.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with you with the addition of Guardians Call just because Mm. I've seen Mm -hmm, it talked about in a lot of circles. Um, But yeah, I don't even know what Tanari is, Tricky Tides, Red Alert, uh, and Colors of Paris. I'm not even familiar with those titles. Right. Uh, So it is interesting. I mean, uh, but that's the thing with board games, right? It's kind of, a blessing and a curse, because we don't necessarily feel the need to uh, play these games right away, like a video game. Right. Um, and also, we can still enjoy one, two, three-year-old games. And we yeah. can also, now we can look at these games and maybe look at the winners and then say, oh, yeah, I'll pick that up next year. Or I'll pick that up on a sale. Um, And, right. and the I'll only reason why I didn't get Guardians Call is, I, I believe it's three plus players.
0: I believe that is right as well. And, you know, I really want to play Cloudspire, but I also am not in a position where I want to pay $130 for it, you know? And that's not that it's not worth it. I just... It's getting harder and harder to pay these prices for board games all the time, so...
1: Yeah, if uh, if if uh, if I'm somehow still able to make it to the house party at this point, I'll bring Cloudspire with me. I'll throw it in the trunk of my car, <laughs> and I'll bring it to the yeah. PSVG house party. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting
0: about that. We'll see what happens there. That's for sure. Uh,
1: okay, let's move on to card the card game category. Uh well, actually, do you want to make it? You want to wager a guess onto who what you think is going to win this category? Even though we we both are pretty much just guessing at this point.
0: Oh, goodness. I'm going to go with Parks.
1: Okay. And I'm going to go with Pred- uh, Porter because um, uh, I, I just feel like I've been hearing a lot about it.
0: Yeah. The only reason I didn't go, I think Predator Porter is a kind of a re-release slash part two slash second version of a game, I think. Okay. So that's the only reason. But I agree. It, it definitely is being talked about a lot. People are really enjoying it. That's the only reason I'm maybe going with Parks instead.
1: Cool. Cool, cool. Okay. Card game category. There is a a nominee in here that shocked me. Uh, And I'm just, I'm not going to tell you what it was. Just see if you figure it out. Alright, we have Cogs in Commissars by Atlas Games, uh, designed by Matt Haga. We have the DC deck-building game Rebirth by Cryptozoic Entertainment, uh, designed by Matt Hira, Jared Saramago, Nathaniel Yamaguchi. Uh, We have Embers of Memory, a Throne of Glass game from Osprey Games' Designed by Kuro, uh Kamigami Battles, River of Souls, uh Japanime Games by Richard Gain, Lockup. a Role Player Tale, Thunderworks Games, uh designed by Stan Kordonowski, Shuffle, Grand Prix, by Bicycle, uh designed by Rob Newton, and Undo, Cherry Blossom Festival, uh Pegasus Spiel, Michael Palm, and uh, Lucas Zach. Uh I have played a version of one of these games. I own a version of one of these games. Um, and I've played role player, but not lock up a role player spinoff. Essentially. Right. Anything. Have you played any of these games? Have you heard of?
0: Um, I have, <laughs> again, other versions of the DC deck building game. Yeah. Yeah. I do not have this version. It kind of like it reminds me a lot of Ascension, which we were talking about last week, where there's a whole lot of versions of that game. Like yes. A whole, whole lot of them. Uh, I have heard of most of these games. I have not heard of Shuffle Grand Prix. I have. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: well, so, what is the game? Only because you of are Packs sur- Unplugged.
0: Okay. What is the game you're surprised at being in here? DC
1: deck building game
0: okay why are you surprised that it's in here
1: because it's like panned as
0: a bad deck builder a lot of people do like it though
1: yeah i mean as a a nominee for a best card game of the year i I mean mean, maybe it's much maybe they fixed it but i'm just very surprised that only i think only because i haven't heard anything positive after hearing negative things about it if that makes sense well
0: I believe, and I could be wrong, that this is a pretty big change to the DC deck building formula. That this, part of the reason it's called Rebirth is I think it takes more from the... Oh, the upper deck legendary. I yeah, think it yeah. takes some some cues from legendary and I think there's some like movement of cards and where your cards are matter and that kind of unlocks things to be able to get certain other cards. So I don't know that it is a, a straight, you know, sequel build with other DC deck building games that are out there. I do think it's a pretty big change up of the formula and maybe significantly better, uh but you're kind of like you were saying, um I have the DC deck building game. I play it with my in-laws. And I play it with my sister and brother-in-law. But that's about it. We don't really play it other than that. And the reason we play it with them is because they know how to play it and it's easy. Gotcha. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have to look into it.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it might not still be great. Uh, You know, the DC deck building game, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people do. But there's a lot of parts of it that don't make sense. I agree 100%. Okay. (laughs) So. Cool.
1: All right. Want to wager a bet?
0: I do want to wager a bet. I bet you we can both pick the winner of this next category. Oh,
1: well, do you want to pick this one? <laughs> do you want to, who do you think is going to win card game category?
0: Oh, the card game. Oh, darn. <laughs> I, was, I was already looking forward. Um, I am going to go with, this is a good question. I'm going to go with Kamigami.
1: Okay. And I'm going to go with Lockup. Okay. Because I like Thunderworks games a lot.
0: I think that's a good pick. I really do. I, but I'm going to go with Kamagami.
1: Cool. Uh, all right. Here's the nominees for collectible game category. Marvel, Heroclix, Avengers, Black Panther, and the Illuminati Booster Brick by WizKids.
0: What are the others, Josh? <laughs>
1: that's it.
0: Wait, what? There's a category with only one nominee?
1: <laughs> you know, it's weird. You know, Maybe you would have leave this one out this year. <laughs> 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 or have some petty nominees or maybe other marvel hero clicks games <laughs> i know right
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> our next category is digital adapt- adaptation category so we have cutthroat caverns uh by American and dagger games slash cell block studios by kurt covert i'm not going to say designed by because i'm not sure if we're talking does the game is designed by yes. or this is designed dig- digitally designed by although i I the, know the, the second the, one so i know yeah these
0: are the designers of the base of the games themselves okay
1: so we have mystic veil vale by alderac entertainment group and nomad games uh by john d clare Raiders of the north sea designed by well from renegade studios uh garfield games and direwolf digital uh, designed by Shem Phillips. Through the Ages, New Leaders in Wonders. Czech Games Edition or CGE by Vlada Chvatal, Chavadal?
0: Chavadal. Chavadal.
1: And Suro VR uh, by Calliope Games uh and Thunderbox Entertainment Digital. Designed by Tom McMcCurry. Mercur. Murky. Mick McCur, <laughs> <This, laughs> Mi so McC <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cool, so I have mystic Vale on my phone. I mm-hmm. haven't played it yet,
0: <laughs> okay,
1: uh, Rages of the North Sea is on my short list of games to buy on the switch or a phone. I've played Cro v r and I've played Sorrow non v r on my phone uh but I have not played cutthroat caverns or through the ages. What's your experience in this category digitally?
0: None of them. I've played zero of these. Okay. Digitally. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to pick Mystic Veil just because I like the game a lot, so I want it to win.
1: I would almost agree, except the production value looks so high in Rangers of the North Sea that I'm going to just guess Ragers of the North Sea on this one.
0: Probably a good guess.
1: Cool. We have the next category is Family Games category. The nominees are Clip Cut Parks by Renegade Game Studios. Designed by Sean Graham and Scott Huntington, a game that we have, that I have, that I need to review for yeah, us. You do. Uh, Code Stack by Amigo Games, designed by Heinz Meister. Dirty Pig by North Star Games, designed by Frank Bebenroth. Draftosaurus, a game I got for Christmas. Uh, from Ankama Board Games and Loom Imports, designed by Antoine Baza. Corrington LeBras, Ludovic Malblanc, and Theo Riviere. And then Finger Guns at High Noon by Indie Boards and Cards, designed by John Velgus. Kyle. Yes. How many games in this list do you have or have played? None. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, I... I I'm going <laughs> to pick yeah. the
0: cut parks because it's the game of these... That I've definitely heard the most people talking about for the longest amount of time. I've heard of all of these games. Sure. Uh, but Clipcut Parks is definitely seems to be the one that has the most hype around it. So I will pick it as the winner.
1: Cool. Well, because my friend who listens to our podcast bought me Draftosaurus for Christmas, because he's a huge Antoine Bowza fan, I'm going to go ahead and pick Draftosaurus because I literally have no dog in this fight.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Do you think we need to do the rest of these categories?
1: Let's see. Game accessory category. No. Uh, wingspan organizer wins. Uh, historical yes. game category. Pandemic fallout of Rome wins. Yes. Historical minis category. They're both bolt action. So we'll skip that one. Miniatures game category. Uh, I don't guess Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Good guess. Role playing game category. Hmm. Alien the role playing game. Because why not? That sounds good. You know, if we if we talked more about D and D and stuff, I think we could cover role playing game category. But I feel like right now we would both just sound like dumb dumb's talking about something we don't understand.
0: I agree. <laughs> so speaking really briefly, uh, what do you think the chances are that Origins happens? Zero. Okay. Well,
1: you know what? If it did happen, I feel like people wouldn't go, and then the people who did go, I would just be mad at. Right. At this point, it seems silly. So that's hopeful thinking, right? That's wishful thinking. We hope yeah. and we wish that this thing is done by then. For sure. But everything needs to bounce back from this. Yes. And even if it's a month that people aren't working, mm-hmm. that's a month that people aren't working.
0: <laughs> right. So, Absolutely. Um.
1: yeah, I think that they should either delay it or cancel it. They can mm-hmm. still do the awards digitally. Like... What we're going to see with E3. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on. (laughs) The OP continues to be OP, if you will. Uh, Oh, that was good. They announced partnerships with, uh, well, partnership games, sorry, with Spongebob, Pixar, which is huge, and Friday the 13th, which is something I posted in our Discord a week ago if you want to join our Discord and see all the cool things we post. So... Here's what we have. Let's start with SpongeBob. We get a SpongeBob SquarePants Trivial Pursuit game, which I actually just showed my son the SpongeBob movie. We finished it today. My wife kept saying, turn it off. He's too young. It's like, he doesn't get the jokes you're getting. He (laughs) loves it. (laughs) Uh, And then we also have, it looks like a original uh, theme, actual board game called uh, Plankton Rising. Uh, and it's, it's going based off of the Thanos rising. So it's, I mean, it's original to an extent. Um, yeah. Thanos rising, Darth Vader rising, Voldemort rising, or Death Eaters rising, whatever you to mm-hmm. call it, um, the series that they're doing. So I think that's really cool. I really like what they're doing with the rising series, uh, because yeah. they created their own board game and then, right. you know, so I still have, um, um, thanos rising that i have to play uh i was hoping to play that during this uh these 12 hour shifts i was going to be working but <laughs> <laughs> well, that ain't gonna happen i don't think uh so we have those for spongebob uh we also have um a game called the quest of your uh barley's edition and it's based off of the film onward it's actually a massive role-playing game for two to five players i don't know if that's massive anymore that you say two to five players. Uh, <laughs> but it takes place in the onward universe. Uh sounds like I mean it sounds like a great idea. It's an adventure game. It has 180 power, spell and item cards. Um hex uh sorry hex tiles, tokens, uh a quest master screen, character sheets, uh three sets of dice. So like for people, we've had a few people in our Discord asking about D&D for kids and right. like being home with their kids. Uh, this seems like uh, it's perfect. Uh, it's coming out in the fall. And, and, and you know, we don't do movie news, but we, they just announced that, you know, Onward is out now uh, yeah. for digital purchase. And it, it's coming out April 3rd on Disney Plus. So uh, before this comes out, everyone uh, will have a better opportunity to see the movie which will be a nice little tie-in if uh, people want to jump into RPGs with their kids. And finally, the only thing that's a bummer is the player count. The next game is Friday the 13th Horror at Camp Crystal Lake, a board game. So uh, we've talked in the past about wanting to have more horror games. Uh, I don't know that Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th would have been the one I picked because we already have um essentially two board games that are based off of this IP without using the name uh Friday right. the 13th. However, we do get the we do get to see Jason Voorhees in this three to six player game uh where players pick from the movie uh tropes of Nerd the Nerd, the Partier, the Nice Guy, the Diva, the Final Girl, and the Jock. Although if you pick the final girl and you don't win You shouldn't be able to be called the final girl. Uh, Right. (laughs) uh, But you're frantically collecting items to combine together and avoid the incessant attacks of Jason Voorhees. Uh, You can steal supplies from your friends, which doesn't seem like you're working well together. Um, And basically, yes, you're trying to um, wait out the nights and be the last one standing at Camp Crystal Lake. There's six player boards, a cabin board, Critical Supply Cards, Fear Cards, Backpack Cards, Blood Spatter, Escape Supply, and Player Tokens, uh, along, along with a Camp Bag and a Rule Book. So, what do you think? Any of these interest you? All of them interest you? None of them. Where are you at on these four games?
0: Well, the Friday the Thirteenth game is going to be out just because it's three player, three to six players, which makes sense for the type of game it is. Yeah. uh, But also just because the partner does not like horror stuff at all, so that is out for me. Uh, The Quest of Your Barley's Edition is a cool idea, and I think it's something that I might be able to get behind. Uh, The MSRP for it is fifty bucks. Do you think that's too high for most people when looking to see if their kid wants to play an RPG style game?
1: Yeah, I think if it's like an introduction to like RPGs, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the same price as um, Blood of the Lion, the like Gloomhaven, right? Base like game, but I mean, it does come with miniatures, so it does. we have to Six add twenty five dollars to the cost. <laughs> um, I uh, think because it's Disney, they it's probably smart of them to charge a little bit more. I mean, Pixar, not Disney, but uh, yeah, it might be tough for people looking to get into. Um, into this, to this uh, yeah. genre of games,
0: yeah. But uh, you know, on top of that, though, the Friday the Thirteenth game, thirty bucks, so really good price there. Uh, and the SpongeBob games are cool. Obviously, not I think really geared towards me necessarily. I I have a love dislike relationship with SpongeBob. That sometimes I find it very humorous. Sometimes I find it very annoying. So uh, yeah, I I think it's cool that they're making them, but not things that I think I am interested in picking up.
1: Cool. Okay. Well. It's good to see them getting more IPs. For uh, sure. But yeah, maybe these ones are we're going to take a pass on. But speaking of Plankton Rising and other rising games, we have another new and, pro- and a pretty hilarious announcement. Z-Man Games announces Infinity Gauntlet, a love letter game. So I think, is this the jump the shark moment for a love letter?
0: I mean, it's different, though. It, it it definitely, if you read about how the game plays, it doesn't play the same way as Love Letter does.
1: Right, so why, why call it... I know they call it a Love Letter game. It's not right. Infinity Gauntlet Love Letter, but you... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I don't get why they wouldn't change the title. It's not I, like I th- you're gonna... It's not like, In my head, I'm sorry. <laughs> in my head... You can just have Infinity Gauntlet as the lead title of your game and call it something else, and people will buy it. Right. A love letter, A love letter game, I think, to me, implies a certain type of game. So, moving on from my preconceived notions, <laughs> here is the inside of the book. Uh, it's a one versus many variation on the beloved classic. So one player takes on the role of Thanos. This is via Dice Tower News. Um, and they're trying to collect all six of the Infinity Stones. While one to five other players uh, use collectible, sorry, collect their collective might of the Marvel superheroes to try and stop him. Uh, so, so Thanos rising. Uh, so Thanos and the heroes uh, each play with their own small deck of cards, drawing one and playing one each turn. Uh, Thanos, however, gets to keep a hand of two cards each turn, searching for the stones within his deck, while enlisting the help of outriders and the Black Order. Uh, which, if you're familiar with the movies, you'll know who those people are. Um, even the stones, once found, are powerful weapons against the heroes. The hero players use well-known Marvel characters, such as Black Panther, Spider-Man, or Gamora, to try and guess Thanos' cards to reduce his life points. This should be coming out this summer. this interests you? What do you think?
0: You know, it does interest me a little bit just because I still think Love Letter is one of, it's just such a cool design for a game hmm. that this little change on it, I am interested to see. I, You know, maybe it just was the right time that this was the right IP to, to do this little change up or twist with. But even if this was, you know, a Love Letter, the second something, I don't know, yeah. and they were changing it, like I would be interested in it. So... Yeah, I I get that the this doesn't seem to fit well with it being a quote-unquote Love Letter game, but just kind of how they're putting this together is interesting to me in general because I think, like I said, I think Love Letter is a really good game. Uh, so I'm interested to see how this plays. Uh, just in reading the cards, I, I find it to be kind of an interesting take on it. So I don't know if I'll buy it day one, but if somebody asked me if I wanted to play it, I would definitely say yes.
1: Okay, Cool. Uh, I, I actually do like Love Letter. I have a Batman Love Letter, so it's a little hypocritical of me to come across (laughs) against Infinity Gauntlet. I just think it's about two years too late uh, for this specific game. Um, I can see that for sure. We're post-end game at this point, and, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I just, um, I know that there's a very specific group of people who will get this no matter what. You know, the board game comic book people. Right. So, we'll see. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, Our last board game story is actually a crossover story. Because we just saw a Nintendo Indie Wire Direct last week. Yeah. And in that was a very small, short clip showing Wingspan. Which uh, is interesting because what we saw was it seems like a little bit more than wingspan yeah wingspan plus uh it is also coming to steam that should be noted uh yep but it is coming to steam and switch and maybe maybe uh cell phones i don't know uh but yeah it's if you don't know wingspan is a game designed by elizabeth hargrave uh published by stonemaier games and uh they moved to designer Monster Couch, uh, who now follows us, by the way. Uh yeah. Monster Couch Games, who are designing uh, Wingspan. Uh, I signed up for the beta on Steam. You can do so if you join their Discord as well. Uh, so we should see it uh, this spring on the Switch and PC, uh, potentially. Uh, it might be a little bit later at this point. But... Yeah, what did you think? So so for me, what I what I saw in the video was almost maybe like a narrative gameplay to it. There seemed to be some type of campaign or story right. going along with it. Um I did like how the cards were animated, um mm-hmm. kind of come to life. Uh but you know, the board d- didn't necessarily come across to me the same way as I I view the board game so maybe my my question to you actually is Do you think it's more important for when they're doing it like a digital adaptation of a board game? Do you think it's important to stick to like the board game layout or do you think it's okay for them to do you think it's a good idea for them to branch out and maybe make it a little less recognizable than the board game?
0: I think it's totally okay for them to branch out because as someone who has the board game, if I want to play the board game, I can play the board game. Right. And obviously it's hard by yourself. You can't always do that as easily. But I think it's totally okay for them to go ahead and try something new and build a campaign or build whatever else they want to in it to kind of switch things how they interface with digitally to make it a better digital experience than just maybe having the board on the you know monitor screen and just kind of following along and just like hey i hit a button to roll some dice and now i watch things move you know so i i will say and this is no offense to anyone, I'm not a huge fan of the art direction of the game. Sure. And maybe after seeing it more or playing it more, I wouldn't care as much and maybe it'll be fine. But my initial gut reaction was a little bit of okay. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I it could end up being totally fine. And maybe in context of playing it, it works great. Uh, but that was literally, I saw that it was coming. I saw it in the Indie Direct. And the first thing I did was go, oh, that art. Yeah. Because the art in the game is so beautiful.
1: Yes. It's definitely a... Decision. Yep. <laughs> so cool. That's all of the board game news.
0: Did you want to talk at all about Frosthaven being pushed back a week?
1: No, I mean it um it's I don't know necessarily the reasoning. Uh I didn't really look into it because honestly, he's gonna be successful. Right. Whether he delays it a week or seven months, so um, right. I'm I'm okay with that. It actually, gives me an extra week to save up some money.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the big thing they just basically said with all of the things around COVID and having to quarantine and all that stuff, it is just taking them longer to put everything together than they anticipated. Yeah, so it, it is being pushed back to March 31st instead of March 24th.
1: Take all so. the time they need. I'm I'm happy to wait for it.
0: Indeed. Well, hey, you know, since our last story like big story was a crossover. This next story is a little bit of a crossover as well as we transition to some video game news that Valve's card game artifact, which you may remember was done in conjunction with Richard Garfield, who is the designer of Magic the Gathering or creator of Magic the Gathering, uh, and has done many, many, many other games. Uh he worked with Valve to get this game this card game artifact up and running. It looks like that Valve is getting a, or is putting the work in to give this game a complete reboot, um, and so much of a reboot that internally it is being referred to as Artifact 2. So, Josh, what do you think? Good move by Valve? Should they have just let this game lie? What are your thoughts on hearing that? They're going at it again, trying to tweak some stuff, and coming out with Artifact 2.
1: I mean, it's just further proof that Valve is doing everything in their power to not make Half-Life 3. i don't know that we need another card game honestly right um you know i can't speak to valve as to why they think this game needs to be out uh but i don't i can't say honestly that it separates itself from any other digital card game out there and maybe artifact 2 will will do that right but as from what i've seen from artifact it just doesn't scream a game that needs to exist to me and i don't say that to be negative and mean right to valve or artifact but why why, why focus on on rebuilding this whole game and and you know take the take the loss and right. maybe move on to something else but yeah you know i don't know that that could just be me
0: uh, I, reading a story from Engadget here talking about it. And I, I think one thing that I kind of find refreshing is the way Gabe Newell talked about it is that he did say that Artifact was, quote-unquote, an interesting failure. So not very often you'll see a, uh, somebody from a company come out and be like, yeah, we failed at that. Yeah. Uh, and then he went on to say, quote, we ran an experiment, we got a negative result, and now we need to see if we've learned anything from that. So let's try again. And that's what ha- the Artifact team have been doing, and that's what they're getting ready to release. Based on the reaction to it, what was wrong with the product? How did we get there? Let's fix those things and take another run at it. So I, I do think it's interesting that he came out and said, yeah, this game failed. Yeah. You know, very rarely do we hear anyone come out and be like, yeah, we totally failed at that. So I'm interested to see what else they have up their sleeve, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, when when you look at it that way, it's definitely something that I'd be curious to see what direction they go with it. Uh Right. Because that's definitely a a a bold decision, and it probably right. is. It's probably a good motivator for the team that was working on Artifact, being like, "Well, we're not giving up on you."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm all that also makes me worry about what if this is also not successful, and then where does that leave the team behind Artifact and Artifact Two? <laughs>
0: Well, if you listen to any of the things about working at Valve, apparently they can just move on to whatever other project they want to move on to. There you go. (laughs) Because that's the way Valve works, according to everything I've ever heard. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, so next story, and we're not going to go in-depth into this, really, because I just want to ask a simple question about it. So, last week was the week that GDC would have happened. And as a result of that, uh, the Xbox slash Microsoft came out, released the specs for the Series X. PlayStation came out, released the specs for the PS5. So now we know how how powerful both these consoles are and, con- and you know, the console wars fanboys are having a grand old time mm. arguing about all of these things. But here's my question in the end for you, Josh. What matters more when it comes to making your decision about purchasing the next generation console? Is it this, these specs and the power that they have or is it the games and services that they're going to offer?
1: Well... I think ultimately it's still the games and the services. The problem is we're not any closer to understanding what those are yet. I know, right? And it's March. Right. It's actually April, basically, uh, yeah. and that's still by my biggest criticism, honestly, about both of them. A little bit more on PlayStation, right. but oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there I understand, and I understand. Like GDC is is there for the game developers. But even at least Microsoft put out two videos showing what their consoles doing, right? And and I'm not hating on PlayStation. I'm really not because that presentation was not for me. But ouch! <laughs> and, and it was and unfortunately, what's something that we did see on the internet uh, in terms of games and services is there was a lot of misinformation that came out of well unclear information that came out of Sony, correct?
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Uh, for the backwards compatible, which we were all led to believe, like it was going to be just as backwards compatible as the Xbox was going to be. And now, I, I don't. I'm not buying my consoles based on backwards compatibility. Right. So that doesn't not affect my decision. Uh, but there, there seems to be a very large conglomerate of people who feel like they can't live without playing. Uh, jumping flash on their PlayStation Five <laughs> for some reason, um, so I I don't necessarily get the, the whole up in arms thing about it. Um, but yeah, what w- we have found out now to kind of put a little like wedge in between the console wars is: if you want faster read and write speeds, you can get a PlayStation Five. Right. If you want more power, quote unquote uh you go xbox and i think literally those things mean nothing currently i
0: I would agree because i think that's the big thing of like okay so we know how powerful these things are but do we know actually what that means for games right like until we see games running on them until we see games using that power like we can say oh this thing has 12 teraflops this thing has 10 teraflops okay cool But what does that mean for the games that I'm going to be playing? And I I think that's the thing we still don't have the answer of. People talked about it. They said cool things. And yes, Xbox showed, like, had people saying, like, yeah, here's what the console does. But we still don't know the answers to those questions, right?
1: Yeah. If you ask people who are mad what a teraflop is, they don't know anyways. So they're mad about nothing. They're they're mad about something they don't understand because they think, because they all they've been told is that teraflops are important, and they they are, but not at the not at what we're dealing with, right? You know.
0: So quick, so quick question. Also, when you say like you know for Xbox, we know what we're getting with backwards compatibility. What are we getting with backwards compatibility for Xbox?
1: So supposedly, in in this also, like from what I understand, is mm-hmm. every will still be able to play all the current Xbox One games. The games, the 360 games that have been added to Back Compat are still the mm-hmm. only ones we'll be getting for in on the current Series X, as well as right. only the original Xbox games that were added to Back Compat currently will mm-hmm. also be available. However, I do know that Microsoft did say that they weren't necessarily done adding games from the 360 into backwards compatibility, but they were stopping to focus on developing the series X right. so it is possible um, that we'll see more. I think the only thing that I have that is unclear that came across as also unclear with PlayStation is I couldn't tell you that ne- if Microsoft necessarily is limiting the current Xbox one games, or if it's literally everyone, because that's also like what people are, are still confused about on the PlayStation five.
0: Right. So uh, Microsoft did release a statement uh, about their backwards compatibility. And they said, to date, we spent over 100,000 hours testing your favorite games from Xbox One, including existing backward compatible 360 and OG Xbox games on Xbox Series X. Yeah. While we are still in the process of validating, we can confirm thousands of games will be playable at launch. So they're not saying everything will work from Xbox One.
1: Because they're still working on checking to see if they work.
0: Right. So, and that is essentially what playstation said just in a really bad way
1: yeah that's what they said later <laughs> After they didn't the they conference. clarified it later yes <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah that is exactly so yeah interesting i like i said i'm at that point where man i just want to see what these games are going to be like what are we getting for our money not from a power standpoint not from any of those standpoints i want to see the games show for, me the games
1: for what money how much are you paying for games? How much is your console going to cost? <laughs> like we still don't know that.
0: That's gonna be five hundred bucks.
1: <laughs> but we, you don't know that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It's gonna be five hundred. Okay, all right. I. Okay.
1: It totally is. It's it's March twenty second. It's nine fifteen p.m. Eastern time. I I am telling you right now. Yeah. I bet you one PlayStation Five game. That the PlayStation 5 of, of is, more, my is more than 500 bucks.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. So is it a PlayStation 5 game of my choice?
1: Uh, I well, mean, you um, do realize you'll get to play it too, price. probably, right? Yeah. Well, no, right. That's I'm not going to be like,
0: give me the super special edition of, no, just a regular yeah, game. Okay. A PlayStation
1: 5 game of your choice, I bet you, okay. it is more than $500.
0: And I will buy you an Xbox game of your choice, standard edition, if it is <laughs> more than $500. Okay. Okay?
1: That sounds good.
0: Okay. There we go. <laughs> Bet it is. Which is funny because we buy each other games all the time. So it's really not
1: Yeah, we're really just buying any. each other games.
0: <laughs> so there we go. All right. So there we go. Console wars. Go get them, everyone. <laughs> all right. Uh, in other news, the Strong National Museum of Play has revealed the list of World Video Games Hall of Fame finalists. Yeah. And the list of finalists include Bejeweled, hmm. Centipede, Frogger. GoldenEye007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? So, Josh... What do you think of that list? Good list, bad list. What are your thoughts? It's a
1: great list. I think like Nokia Snake might be the most or no, most awarded. Like this is the game that deserves it the most.
0: <laughs> yeah, that actually, I saw that on there, and I was like, yeah, I can't argue with that at all. That's a great pick.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a fantastic list. I think looking at it again, I besides Minecraft, mm-hmm. I have very specific. And find memories of every game on this list.
0: Yeah, I've played every single game on this list. So, which, you know, I guess that makes me a true gamer, right? Is that the true gamer score?
1: Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Makes you a gamer (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I
0: kid. Um, Anything anything you think is a shoe-in slash absolutely must be in other than Nokia Snake?
1: I mean, Uncharted 2 is pretty darn important. Um, Smash Brothers Melee, it's kind of like a Smash Brothers game in the mix of Smash Brothers games. So I couldn't right. tell you why it's more deserving than any of the other ones. Right. Uh, besides it being, you know, the GameCube one, which is like mm-hmm. the one. Uh, I have a lot of yeah. memories of King's Quest, the series. Um, right. Um, but yeah, I would say probably Enchanted 2, Guitar Hero, does it deserve it more than Rock Band? I don't know, but it definitely needs to be represented if, if Rock Band's not already in there. So that would be right. what I would also include.
0: Yeah, I think for me, Nokia Snake is a for sure. I think, I uh, other than that, the only other one that I'm pretty, I feel pretty positive on and that it should be there is Minecraft. Just because I think it's hard to deny the impact Minecraft has oh, for had sure, yeah. on gaming. Uh, Outside of that, I think, like I said, I think this is a great list, actually, when you look at it. I can't really argue with any of them. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the results. I don't know how many they're gonna pick.
1: Yeah, I don't because these are the
0: finalists, yeah. and I don't know how many are going to actually make it from this list into the Strong Museum. But yeah, I think it's a really, really great list. So, um, you know, and to stoke those console, you know, console wars a little more. Don't see any Xbox exclusives. But moving on. <laughs> So, uh, according to GameStop, Josh, yeah, GameStop is essential.
1: Essentially what?
0: Well, they're essential <laughs> to our survival during the COVID crisis that is going on. But then California told them, no, not really. And then Pennsylvania told them, no, not really. And now they have finally said, okay, we're going to close our stores. But not totally close our stores. Uh, you can still have curbside service to buy your video game needs And then go ahead and pick them up at the curb of your friendly local GameStop. Josh, it got to the point where there were police officers having to go to GameStop stores and telling them they need to shut down because they are not allowed to be open. And GameStop tried to argue that, hey, we sell keyboard and mice, which are what people need to be able to work remotely. So it's very important that we stay open. And I really don't know that the type of keyboard and mice that some GameStop sell are the type that people really need when it comes to working remotely. So obviously this was a saga that has broken out over many, many days. They also went ahead and sold Doom Eternal a day early ahead of uh, Animal Crossing because they didn't want to have so many people in their store. Yeah, What do you make of this whole, I don't even know what to call it, bonanza (laughs) Uh, saga of GameStop, COVID-19, and their determination not to close. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, It's a little ugly. Um, It shows... So, you want to be profitable, but you also want to keep your employees safe, right? That's the dilemma of whoever's making these decisions at GameStop. The difference with GameStop versus, we'll say, a Best Buy is the... Square footage of a bi- of a given store right where you could fit a hundred gamestops in one Best Buy arguably <laughs> <laughs> conservatively um so it's a little easier to keep your social distancing if you will right. um it's a little safer for employees um one of the big stories was um gamestop was not following even like safety guidelines and giving their employees proper protection from the virus right. and that means that their customers are certainly not protected. Um while I also appreciate wanting to stay open and keep your employees working. So right. it's tough. Uh the way they handled it was horrible. Uh yes. a PR nightmare if you will. It's no Vanessa Hudgens on Instagram but uh no. if you saw that but um it was a PR nightmare. Um my Best Buy's in Massachusetts, they just uh today uh close all their buildings and they're just doing curbside pickup that's the right mm-hmm. thing to do so i'm happy yep. I'm I'm cool with GameStop keeping curbside pickup because you still get to pay a skeleton crew of employees which is which is GameStop anyways <laughs> one employee per shift and fifty customers right. to that one employee. Now you're limiting their contact with people. It's smarter, it's safer are they gonna lose money? Yeah, everyone's losing money. So, right. unfortunately, you have to adapt. Um, and it's yeah, just I tough think... for GameStop because this is a bad year for them.
0: Oh, and that's, I think, the hard thing when it comes to GameStop. I, I get the ferocity with which they were trying to stay open because some companies, yes, every company is losing money right now. I don't know if GameStop has the money to lose.
1: They right? don't. They certainly don't.
0: You know, and I think that's the hard part for them. And I think they are you know hoping against everything they make it to console launch like right? that's what they need is the consoles to launch they can hopefully that can satiate them and their and their business needs for a while but they got to get there and it's going to be harder and harder to get there the longer this goes and you know it, they are finally doing the right thing which is good it just really is unfortunate it took them this long to do the right thing
1: you can currently buy a share of GameStop for $3.76
0: there you go. $3.76. Oof-da. Oofta. right. Anything else you want to say about GameStop?
1: Uh, no. <laughs>
0: okay. I was going to make a joke about when was the last time you saw 10 people in a GameStop anyway, but I'm not uh, going Every to.
1: one of my GameStops <laughs> has way too many people for the one employee working.
0: Really? I, I always Man. have to
1: wait to get something.
0: I literally every time I go to my local <clears> GameStop, I walk in, walk right to the counter and say, Here's what I want and they just Yeah. Nice. Which I don't go very often. I usually only go when I have to renew <laughs> my game informer subscription.
1: Oh boy. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm not I'm mad at them uh, because they changed my subscription to digital and now uh, every time I oh, try no! to every time I try to view my magazine, it tells me my username and password's wrong. I have to wrong. reset That's... it every time. That stinks. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so uh, a couple of final stories here. Josh, PlayStation supposedly looking at acquiring some pretty interesting IP. Mm. So rumor is, according to some online sources, which, you know, take these with a grain of salt. The first couple (laughs) things I think are definitely grain of salt worthy. One of them I think has a little more bite to it. But in general, I think this first part, uh, a big grain of salt. Supposedly, Sony looking to acquire Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania, and Silent Hill from Konami. Number one, if this were to happen, I feel like that would be a quote-unquote good thing for PlayStation. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. I don't know how, how true that is. There are other rumors that Sony is making some Silent Hill games in conjunction with Konami. And the sources for those rumors have been actually some reliable leakers in the past. Yeah. So those ones, I think, make sense. Those ones I could definitely see. Uh, but what on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely, 10 being the most likely, how likely do you think it is that Sony is actually going to acquire these three IP?
1: Oh, you know, it's tricky because for that specific question, I say 1. A 1 out of 10. Okay. But how
0: likely it is, do you think they're making some Silent Hill games right now?
1: Well, this is what I think. You know, 0. <laughs> uh, okay. I think the reason why I say that why wouldn't they just buy konami what does konami have left
0: oh konami is like the their video game part of their business was like their smallest part
1: oh okay okay so i was gonna say there's got to be some way where they can get konami like studios or something where they get the name the naming rights because why, why not just acquire konami so you can publish their full library like, that right. seems to make more sense to me. And I guess that shows my ignorance on Konami, the company.
0: Yeah. Um, they own not, not a knowing that of health clubs and pachinko machines and stuff like that. Okay. So right. gaming is actually pretty small for them now.
1: This would be huge for Sony. This would be, uh, you know, if Sony comes out with their PlayStation 5 conference and they're like, hey, we're, you know, Kojima's back. He's on the new Metal Gear. And, hey, he's also doing Silent Hills with Norma Reedus and Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm getting a PlayStation, not an Xbox. Um, And then, like, maybe they're going to try to fix Castlevania. I don't know what they're going to do with that franchise. But, yeah, this would be huge for Sony. Um, And if they're not going after these things, and anyone at Microsoft saw this, they should be going after these things. (laughs) Correct.
0: (laughs) absolutely correct yeah and the rumor like i said the rumor about the silent hill stuff i think is a lot more reliable that uh a silent hill or even maybe two silent hill games are being made uh in conjunction between playstation and konami uh, with split funding uh and studio japan uh, playstation's internal studio there is actually working on it um and then actually what they say supposedly is that uh this is the the new project then that uh kojima is working on is Silent Hills. Yeah. While Studio Japan is working on a Silent Hill reboot. Uh that to me is a lot more reliable because there were some grumblings not uh, a couple of years ago, I feel like, about Konami looking for partners to bring in to make um a new Silent Hill game after Silent Hills was so successful. And the so those rumblings happened and kind of went away. And now the person who leaked this information uh said that one of the studios they had been looking at two years ago was supermassive. Okay. Which, which makes a ton of sense then when you kind of put all this together and the work Supermassive does and how well that would fit into, you know, a, a horror game like Silent Hill. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i not saying it's 100% guaranteed. I would be much more likely to believe the Silent Hills information. Uh. Obviously, if PlayStation can get these IP, I think that'd be huge for them. But let's turn this on its head now. Ignoring those IP, because let's say that PlayStation buys those. If you're Microsoft yeah. and you say, oh, shoot, okay. You know, Sony just picked up some big IP. If you're Microsoft and said, okay, let's go look for some IP of our own to pick up. What IP would you want them to get that you reasonably think they could?
1: You know, that's a good question. I mean, maybe Monster Hunter, if we're sticking to like that genre.
0: I mean, Monster Hunter just became the best-selling game in Cap- our Monster Hunter World is the best-selling game in Capcom yeah. history. Do you but think they- they're going to give that IP up?
1: Microsoft has always had this like weird relationship with Capcom. Um, yeah. If you, unless odd. you look at what happened with Street Fighter Five, right? Which you would think that that would put a bad taste in Microsoft's mouth. Maybe they want to make good with Capcom again or get them back. Yeah. Like we need Street Fighter on Xbox. I don't understand how we right. can have it on PC and PlayStation and not <laughs> Xbox. Um, no, I mean, do I think it's feasible for them to get to an extent? Do I think it will happen? No. But if you're gonna shoot big. That's right. who you go for, right? And right. If, if Sony is going Konami, Microsoft, you go Capcom.
0: Uh, yeah, you yeah know, I can see that for sure.
1: Or maybe Bandai Namco, but I think they've always been mostly PlayStation people. Uh, even yeah. though Tekken's on Xbox, you, you don't associate right. Tekken with Xbox. It's PlayStation.
0: Yeah, I could see them actually going to um, Final Fan uh, to Square and trying to get like, Tomb Raider
1: yeah i mean i could see that too maybe they give them like the square enix games the square like yeah. the old SquareSoft games um
0: yeah
1: i mean i don't know that 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 if even if they do that i don't know that that fights metal gear and silent hill as far as licenses go it's not comparable i don't think unless yeah, you got like YouTube resident or... evil somehow
0: <laughs> yeah I, I'm just trying to think of, you know, a, a game that they have showed, uh, or an IP they have shown some preference for lately, an IP that used to be very much associated with PlayStation has kind of switched now and, and tends to be associated with Microsoft at this point. yeah um I think for them, and then it kind of does compete with, you know, not Metal Gear, but it does compete with Uncharted, uh, and they kind of have that to kind of go back at. So I think for them, a, a smart pickup would try to go get that. Um, or potentially, well, they they signed a new thing with, I going not say going to IO to try to get Hitman, yeah. but they just signed with WB, so that might not happen. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this happens. I think, you know, if there is some news about this, um, it could be at that PS5 game reveal, whatever that is, uh, because supposedly those Silent Hill games have been in development for at least a year at this point, if not longer, so... All right. And the last story uh, that we'll talk about briefly here. So Naughty Dog. Ha! More like Crunchy Dog. Uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku doing a story about crunch at Naughty Dog. Um, If you're not familiar, dear listener, Naughty Dog is pretty notorious for crunch. And it's part of me when this article came out was like, yeah, and? Yeah. In the sense of like, I thought everyone already knew this. Like, I, I don't know why we're having... I don't, I, say, I don't know why we're having an article about this, but to me, I was like, yeah, this is a thing I thought already everyone knew about. And I'm not here to say that crunch is a good or bad thing. I, I, I don't necessarily want to cover that. We all know crunch happens in video games, Josh. Yes. Do you think when these articles come out, what do, do you think, A, what is the purpose of them? And B, do you think they accomplish that purpose?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um I want to say the purpose is to educate the consumer. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that that's true, or if it's about the clicks, or if it's about right. You know the villainization of a corporation. Um, I am. I am happy that these stories like this are out there. So I am. I am more informed as a consumer four games because i maybe have a different opinion on crunch than you do Mm -hmm. but i also feel the same way that you said like when they said that i was like yeah no duh but then that made me feel bad about myself (laughs) (laughs) because i don't want to be in a situation where i'm like yeah no duh because is it worth it to put people through this for my entertainment I don't know, and I and I think I'll always have an issue with that. Um, like when I see a man die on the set of Deadpool Two, when I see right someone break a leg, like it's because they, it's there's so much to this painting where you have people doing things for fans, people doing things for money, people doing things for you know for themselves. It's just so right. much to take in. I think ultimately for me, it just comes down to what I'm comfortable supporting. And then, we, you know, we all have to make that decision. Some people right. refuse to play games where we've heard of terrible things with Crunch. Some people understand it, accept it. Some people refuse to play games from Riot because of sexual harassment. Some people mm-hmm. say, oh, unfortunately, it's part of business. And then there's all people in between all over the place. And everyone is entitled to their own opinion and own decision because we vote with our wallets, and that's what it comes down to. Crunch will always exist, uh, no matter how much we hate it or don't care about it or uh, or it's just something that we accept that happens. It's always going to be there. So I'm I'm still torn when I see articles like this because I don't know – I know what I take out of it, but I don't know what Jason Schreier is trying to get out of it or get into our heads about it. And that's not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make a comment on Jason because he's also a journalist and that's his job to report what he's being told by employees of companies. But we also don't know if he's on the phone every day calling every company looking for dirt. Like <laughs> we don't know where anything is coming from. Right. Um, So I know I kind of like just went all over the place with that, but but because it's because when I see stuff like this, it really just, it kind of gets me going Uh, and uh, all over the place. I don't necessarily have um, this like specific thought. I want to get out into the world about it. I I guess if I had to, I'd say I don't like that crunch exists. It bothers me that people have to literally suffer depending on like there's the other problem is people read these articles and they like to trivialize other people's suffering. Mm -hmm. I would never break down like that. I would never need a week off for emotional stress. I would never throw up at what, you know, whatever. Like that's not also a decision for you to make. That's something that happened to that person. It's still real to them. So to know that that happened, To people making a game that I enjoyed or didn't enjoy, that I played and gave money to, and know that they don't even really get the major profits from those games, uh, is frustrating to me. And I wish we lived in a world where crunch didn't exist, meanwhile, for video games. Because like meanwhile, we have Donnie, who runs PSVG, in the biggest, potentially, crunch of his life for his job. But it's important, and it's necessary, and we need him to be crunching right. because it's saving people's lives, not right. getting last of us two out on time for sure. So that's, you know, I, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I take all those things kind of into account and I'm sure I took you way off of your point of, of this article. No, it's okay. It's okay.
0: <laughs> so I, I, let me reframe then. Cause here's the, here's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. Okay. So is there any company that if a story came out about them having to crunch for a game, that you would be surprised.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay, so, but you still buy video games.
1: I do. Yes. So I do. Uh, I make that decision to still buy them. Yes.
0: Right, and that's always the thing that I struggle with too. Because I get, I see articles like these, and I'm like, man, that really stinks. Right. I, like you, like I said at the top, like I'm not surprised by this article in any sense of the imagination, because, like I said, if us as people who play video games and kind of keep our pulse on the industry are aware of what happens at Naughty Dog or at least the what people say happens at Naughty Dog. If we know, right, when this article comes out, we're all like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know. Uh do you think what would an article like this have to say to prevent you from buying a game?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Uh maybe something like uh despite studio's promises to employees, there still was major crunch with Last of Us 2 or mm-hmm. Um, Naughty Dog promises the game will come out when it's done. We're not going to rush it. We're not, you know, and then it's like, but they did rush it. And this happened. Like if they like openly deceived or lied to their employees, that's really what I think would, would push me to not buy the game.
0: Gotcha. And this article doesn't say any of that. No, it does not. So uh, the one thing I always think is interesting, too, is that, you know, articles like these come out. Uh, Jason Schreier said he talked to 13 current or former Naughty Dog employees. Um, Currently, we don't know exactly, but most estimates put Naughty Dog staff at somewhere between two and 300. Yeah. You know, and I, I always find it interesting because there's always like two sentences in every article like this that says, quote, Some of the developers at Naughty Dog are just fine with the studio's culture, which is why it exists in the first place. They're paid well, treated fairly, and given extensive time off at the end of the production. Salaried workers aren't paid for overtime, but they can get decent bonuses after each game ships. So let's say, and I have no idea at all, but if, let's say they have 250 employees. If 200 of them are okay with the the studio culture and the way crunch happens there, I'm not not conflating this with like if sexist things are happening, like that's not okay. But if the work culture of ours is okay with 200 of them and not okay with 50 of them, Is that reason for Naughty Dog to continue doing what it's doing? Or should they just say, hey, this isn't okay because we probably shouldn't let people work like that even if they are okay with it and want to? you get what I'm saying?
1: I do. And coming from retail where I've had a lot of people work for me, uh, and uh, I get that um, idea. And I know what you're saying. I think... It will always come down to the severity of the complaints. Regardless, there's a, you, right. you're always going to have people who don't want to work. Period. Mm-hmm. It, it always it happens at every job. People listening, you probably have worked with someone who you were shocked that they got that job or that they stayed that <laughs> long. Or right, you know, like that happens. So, yeah, with that many employees. You're definitely going to have one or two. I think once we get to the double digits, there's more of a underlying issue, um, right. and and I think sometimes that's just from communication with uh, your employees and expectation. For sure, because if you have ten people out of a hundred, that's still ten percent of your employees that don't understand what they're signing up for or their expectation right. uh, of of work, and that comes down to management and what mm-hmm. and what they're what they're doing. So, I mean. There's a there's a bunch of ways to look at it. Um, however, if there are 13 people complaining out of 300 about something very bad, it is also possible that there are individual people taking advantage of specific people they know yeah. or think they can get away with doing that, where, like, Josh is a pushover. I know if I try to make him work 80 hours this week, he's not going to say no. But Kyle, right. he's going to tell me to shove it. So I'm not going to ask Kyle. <laughs> so that still happens. But yeah, I mean, it really just comes down to uh, the fact that we'll never know. Um, because yeah. you also have to take what people complain about with a grain of salt because they're the people complaining. And usually they're right. not still working for the company that they're complaining about.
0: Yeah. it is. I think the thing... I don't. This probably says a lot about me. But the thing I th- found most interesting about this article is that they talked about an interview he did back in tw- that Evan Wells, the president of Donnie Dog, did back in 2016, when he talked about the core hours for the studio are 10:30 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. And I was just like, "That's gross." 10:30 <laughs> so to it's
1: the middle of the day,
0: <laughs> right? Because I <coughs> probably would actually show up way before 10:30. Because if you tell me to be somewhere at 10:30, I can't do it. Yeah. I can be there at <laughs> <You're> eight, ten... <laughs> or I can be there at like eleven thirty, but I'm not going to get there at ten thirty. <laughs> so, so maybe that's just naturally how they get more hours out of people because that just sounds really bad. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I wish people didn't have to crunch. I do wish that you know there was a way or that management could say, "Hey, forty hours a week is what we're doing. Maybe when we get super busy, it might be forty five, forty six, because sometimes that does have to happen in everyone's job. I think just about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think months and months of crunch is is tough and. You know, I, I think anything they can do to to do a good balance of life for them is important. Um, But it's hard because, you know, that it's one of those industries that a lot of people want to work in. And when you're a, a company like Naughty Dog that delivers really, really good games, uh, they talked about how much turnover they have there. I can see why. Because if I went and shipped a game with Naughty Dog, I could say, like, hey, look, I was an animator on a Naughty Dog game. I could probably go work anywhere I want to now. Yeah. You know, that's so, true. So Uh, For better or for worse. But like I said, hopefully (laughs) things are good and employees don't feel like they're being taken advantage of. And even if they don't feel like they are, hopefully they're just not being taken advantage of. Because that's a good thing is to be nice to your employees. Yes. Josh, anything else we want to say about video game news from the week?
1: I don't think so.
0: You know what? We're going to totally skip what we're playing because we're going a long time and we have a couple things to finish up with. So, we do have uh, a listener-submitted question. So, Josh, why don't you take us through that?
1: Okay, cool. So, Shplig uh, at the on Twitter says, In light of everything... Sorry. Am I reading this wrong?
0: No, he was responding because I was like, Hey, what are your questions of the week? So, he's saying like, Oh, in light of everything, my question uh, is... Oh, oh,
1: okay. Punctuation, Shplig. In light of <laughs> everything, something positive that happened this week. I got to finally start the chef show and love it. Yes! Good. Wife and mom tune out, but you know he doesn't. Gaf, (laughs) but they let him watch. Uh, Picking shows with a third person's hard.
0: I agree. It is. Oh my gosh! Yes.
1: And they got a puppy, which is exciting. Which is so exciting. Uh, Very much so against his wishes, but he's been the dog has been phenomenal with the kids and behavior. So, uh, but he's also going to be. A huge dog.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Big dogs are great.
1: So, Kyle, something positive that's happened this week.
0: You know I, I mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh, I've been able to play Overwatch on lunch all week, which, you know, I, I was talking with my Overwatch group about it. It really is a, a silver lining because when you work all day sitting in front of a computer... And it's amazing when I go to my office, I have like other people I can go talk to or I can get up and walk around and do stuff. But when I'm sitting in my little podcasting room and I'm just doing work and when I'm talking to people, it's only through like Zoom or whatever meeting software we're doing. It just feels so isolating. But for some reason, when I go play video games, which obviously I'm just talking to someone on a headphone, it just feels different. Yeah. It feels like and maybe it's because there are people who have become my friends, I don't know, but it just feels like a really good escape from like everything else that's going on. So for me, that's kind of the silver lining of this whole situation. I've been able to play video games at lunch every day.
1: Nice. Well, I hate to be the Debbie downer of the group, but I there literally was not something positive that happened for me this week. Uh, unfortunately. You
0: shaved and you look so dashing now.
1: But now I didn't have to.
0: Well, so... but you still look dashing.
1: I, I look, I got carded today, so, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's been a tough week. Uh, I guess if I had to pick something, I will say um, video game related. Uh, Spawn released in Mortal Kombat 11. That was uh, exciting for me, except I've had 20, only about 20 minutes to play it, so (laughs) it'll probably turn into something positive.
0: (laughs) Awesome,
1: yeah. Well,
0: well, Splick, we really appreciate the question. And since we have just a few minutes, Josh, I yes. am going to ask you just about one game. Do it, uh, Animal Crossing.
1: That's a game that I have. Have
0: you have you played Animal Crossing before this one?
1: Okay, so my only experience with Animal Crossing before this one, New Horizons, was the mobile app. Okay, um, Pocket Camp. Yeah. Um, and I only played it because all the people in Nintendo Shack were playing it, so I gave it a shot. Um, but I I didn't play much of it. So this is my actual okay. first Animal officially Animal Crossing experience, and I've I've I been playing it a lot. <laughs> okay,
0: what are your thoughts on it? I want to know.
1: So I only got it because my wife. My wife got, she went and bought the Animal Crossing Switch, of course, Mm because she went to Target to get toilet paper and they were sold out. So she saw a line and she just instinctively put herself in that line (laughs) and was like, oh, it's for the Animal Crossing Switch. I'm going to buy it. Might as well. Might as well. Doesn't come with a game. Oh, okay. So (laughs) we bought two copies of the game, one for her and one for me. So we could technically play together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking for more time to play games with my wife because she, for some reason, won't play board games with me, uh, which is another problem. Uh, we have been able to, to put some time into this. She actually got frustrated with me because I got too far ahead of her. Now, uh, what I like about the game is they give you a certain amount of things to do in a day, like a literal calendar day, and then you can right. just stop playing. Um, How long
0: does it take you on average to do those oh, things? Oh, man.
1: I mean, you can go as long as you want. There's still stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple hours a day if you want. Um, okay. Well, you could push six hours if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a limited amount of things you can get done in a day mm-hmm. uh, for progression. Okay. But there's an unlimited amount of things you can do to, I- I'm going to say, uh, save up for progression. So like okay, that makes sense. So, like, you are selling – you're catching uh, fish and bugs and you're selling them. And currently – I don't know if this changes because I'm a newbie to this. You can only donate so much per day or give so much per day. But you can sell as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal is to get unique creatures. So, you, okay. if you catch one, what you want to do is save it. So, you can donate it the next day when you can donate. Okay. So, then you can just put them down on the ground and they put them in a tank And now I just have, you know, 15 unique fish and bugs that tomorrow when my building is finished being built, I can go and donate them. (laughs) So you build buildings. I'm building a museum now. You can visit other people's islands. You can Mm -hmm. visit um, islands that no one's ever been to. You interact with animal creatures in the game. Um, It's from my understanding of not playing Stardew Valley either. It's very similar as far as like the farming kind of aspect. You're not gotcha. literally farming. But you can plant trees and flowers. Um catching the fish is fun and it hasn't gotten boring yet. Um there's lots to do if you look for it. So I'm so far okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time and uh you know I visited my wife's island. We played around with each other for a little bit and then she visited mine uh like like six hours later in the day, I was like, hey, why don't you come to my island? And, you know, each island has native fruits and you want to get other fruits from other islands and and plant trees of those fruits on your island, et cetera. Um, it's a fun, cute little game. I don't know how long like, I'm going to be playing. Right. Like, I don't know if this is a month's game or a week's game or what. Right. But knowing that I can get up tomorrow and open the game and there's a new experience waiting for me, I think that's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, I was on the fence about it. I don't think I'm going to get it, but, you know, I wanted to hear what your experiences were like thus far. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thanks for sharing that. So with that, we're going to move on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Ooh. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give one recommendation, suggestion, or other thing we're currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our dear listener? Well,
1: I'm going to stick on my trend. I don't have one. Uh <laughs> It's been, I don't want to lie, I don't have anything that's rounding my life. I get home, I don't have, like, I haven't had time to uh, play any games or watch any movies. Like, mm-hmm. the time I have with Animal Crossing, it's only been a few days since it came out, so I really haven't, like, put in a lot of time. It's just been right. a couple hours here and there, Um, and I just talked about it, so I don't want to put that as a well-rounded life. There's lots of things I am looking forward to to doing like i will i really want to uh rent harley quinn because you can now rent that and invisible man i want to see um i want to get more time with video games um but right now it's work and then i'm home and my son's home because they just shut down all the daycares so now I'm um, full time daycare too. <laughs> I mean, right, that's, right. that's called a parent. Um, yeah. Um, but by the time I get home, I'm just tired, and then I go to bed early because I'm back to early mornings at least. For gotcha. Me. So, um, if you're listening, why don't you send me some suggestions for a well-rounded life listener? Because I would love to take those in.
0: Gotcha. Uh, can I give you like 1.5 recommendations then?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You too. Okay, so.
0: <laughs> okay so though it's gonna be 1.5 because one of them isn't done yet uh josh i believe if i remember from the past you are a fan of ex machina
1: i love ex machina
0: and have you seen annihilation i have have you did you like annihilation
1: i did actually i really enjoyed it
0: okay so you seem to be an alex garland fan
1: and oscar isaac
0: <laughs> so you're right <laughs> so ha- are you familiar with uh alex garland's new show
1: Yes. Have is, you
0: watched Devs at all?
1: Is it out already?
0: It is on Hulu oh. and and FX on Hulu. Uh, it's releasing weekly, and I think they're. I think there's four or five episodes oh, out shoot. right now. Oh shoot, I didn't know it was already um, out. <laughs> yeah, so I have started it, and it is kind of between the two as far as like the line delivery and kind of the characters that he creates. But it's really good. It's really weird, yeah. Uh, in a, in all like really good ways. Oh. So I recommend it. Like I, I it's a half recommendation because obviously who knows where the show is going to go. I haven't seen enough of it to know. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you have Hulu or FX, uh devs, uh, definitely worth a check out. It basically is a uh a story about a Google like company and some shenanigans that happened there. Um and it it's it's pretty good. I, I was surprised by how much I enjoy it. Uh it wasn't something that I I had a lot of high hopes for, to be honest, because I'm like, well, it's on FX, on Hulu, like how good could it be? Yeah. Uh but I, I'm enjoying it so far, and I will say Nick Offerman is in it, yeah, and he is just Chilling in this show, like just you know i I constantly am amazed at what Nick Offerman is capable of doing, yeah, so
1: oh man, I'm so excited, yeah. yeah, I've been waiting for it to come out i just i I missed that it came out already,
0: yeah, I think they're like I said, I think about five or six episodes are out right now, awesome, so. awesome, so there's that, but my true recommendation is not a great recommendation for what's going on in the world right now, <laughs> okay, because this is a really, really sad movie. Uh, And I'm back on the documentary train And this documentary is called Honeyland Uh, It was nominated for the um, Academy Award for Best Documentary Nice Uh, It did not win uh, But it was nominated And so I decided to check it out And I don't want to talk too much about what it's about um, Because that will definitely kind of spoil things that happen in it Suffice to say It is a fly on the wall Fly on the wall style documentary So if you don't like those Or aren't familiar with what they are all that means is you're just watching and observing the things that are going on in these people's lives. There's no interviews, there's no recreations. Everything is what is happening. You are seeing and experiencing it. Uh, but it's about a um, Europe, Eastern European honey farmer that her job is she collects honey and brings it to market and sells it. And that's all I'll say about it. Okay. And that it's very sad. <laughs> So, And I I preface that only with I know there's a lot of not great things going on in the world. So if you're not in the mindset to watch this documentary right now, totally understandable. Uh, But it is very well done. Like I said, it is very much fly on the wall. It's all subtitled because they're obviously not speaking English. um, So just be aware of that. But it's very well done. It's on Hulu right now. uh, And I really enjoyed it, like I said, but it is very sad. That is Honeyland. Something to check out when you're in the right mindset for it. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up?
1: Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at Fiji at gmail.com. We tag ourselves with that hashtag, hashtag #boardwithvg, so please feel free to use that as well on all your social media, so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us that stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious? That's S I R R I U S. If you check out our Twitter, you will see I posted my Switch code. So please add me on Switch, and we can be island hopping buddies, or we can play Smash Bros. or Mario Kart or whatever you want. Uh, just make sure you put something like psvg or bored with everything i already accepted a couple uh, friend invites of people i don't know who they are um so at least let me know that you're you're a listener uh from the show kyle where can people find you
0: so you can find me at all the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox Live, board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.